fueled by nicotine, caffeine, and a hatred of all things Microsoft Windows. This is My Mac Podcast, number 238. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. And this is the 238th podcast from MyMac.com. That's a lot of podcasts, David Cohen. It certainly is. Um, it's uh, always a joy to do them every week, but um, they're building up now. They're building up, and uh, we're going to have to just quit naming them here pretty soon. We'll just, you know, uh, numbering is, is we're going to run out of numbers eventually, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the audio quality is a little different at the beginning of this week's show because we're using iChat, and we're only going to use it for this one segment. But the reason we're doing it this way is because we're chatting with Jim Darumple. Oh, see, I screwed it up, didn't I, Jim? No, that's, that's good. That's good. Now, <laughs> the reason we brought Jim on is because, uh, well, let's start at the beginning. You're currently at Macworld Magazine. Uh, you've been yes. an editor at large for a number of years now, haven't you? Well, I've I've held uh, a number of different positions at MacWorld, uh, uh, news director for for probably the longest, and then for the last year or so, editor at large. Did you come over to MacWorld for Mac Central? I did. Okay, because I thought you 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 wrote for Stan, um, but I wasn't sure if you were part of that when they took over Mac Central. Had no idea what to do with it. It was too good for what they were already doing online, so they pretty much uh, trashed it and then moved you guys into MacWorld. It, can you tell I'm still a little ticked off about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stan and I uh, did Mac Central here in Nova Scotia um, in '94, '95 time frame, and and then in '99 it uh, all moved over to MacWorld. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, Mac Central is one of those sites that I loved, and towards the end, it it was simply the best Mac site out there, which is why obviously. Macworld Magazine wanted to build buy you guys. I I still can't figure out why they took a gem and threw mud on it as far as the interface and they changed everything and I mean it was it was it would still work in today's internet if it was exactly the way it was in what ninety eight ninety nine it would still work perfectly don't you think? Well, I, I think Mac Central had um, a lot of good qualities to it, and you know there's a lot that. Macworld, especially the Macworld now, where they're, you know, they're able to to bring their reviews in and things like that. I think if we had been able to do that early on, then it would have made a, a big difference in the way that things went. But you know, um, I think at that point in '99 or 2000, none of us really knew what to do with it. You know, so we were <laughs> all just kind of trying to make pieces fit, and. Uh, you know, we did the best we could at that point. So you've been at Macworld for a decade now, and I saw your Twitter and I saw it on Facebook that you're leaving Macworld at the beginning of next month. Yeah, I actually, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, next Friday, a week from tomorrow, be my last day. And that's uh, almost, we, we sold Mac Central in on June the 1st, 1999. So I'm... Uh, I'm less than a month away from making it to 10 years. I think, what, the last Mac Central person is going to be, what, Peter Cohen at this point? Peter Cohen, yeah. <laughs> uh, so was this voluntary, or is this a cutback on their part, or? 
this was a, a cutback on their part. You know, the the economy's, I think, roasting everybody at this point. So you've seen both online, offline. Do you think there's really a place for a Macworld magazine on the newsstands anymore? You know what? I I really do. I, I don't think that that it's time for uh, for print publications to give up. And and I say that. Not not just for for MacWorld, but I'm a subscriber to Guitar World magazine. I love reading that magazine. I don't spend as much time on the website, surprisingly, as I do with the magazine itself. And I've been getting that for years. Yeah, but that's and a little bit of a different venue, though. I mean, with with MacWorld magazine, doesn't it have to focus more on reviews and stuff like that? It can't do news because it's what eight weeks out of date by the time that they go to print. That's that's true. You know, you can't do news. Uh, but the reviews in in MacWorld are uh, are some of the best out there. So you know people tend to hold on to that stuff. So obviously you probably don't have any firm plans yet. But I imagine that you've got to have a little bit of a reflection looking back. Is there like one big thing you're going to miss every year? Uh, and I'm hinting at the MacWorld Expo. Are you still going to go, man? <laughs> You know, well, next year's Macworld Expo is going to be really different. Uh, it's happening in February now, and Apple's not going to be there. Um, I would still like to, to come out and uh, see what's going on with that. And that's, you know, Expo's as much about seeing all your friends and, and peers as it is about uh, about the, the show itself, so... It'd be interesting. Do you still want to stick with uh, technology writing, or are you leaning towards more? I know you're in the guitars and music. Or are you maybe thinking about going that route? I've been asked that a lot in the last couple of days. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think I'll probably stick with the with the Mac market. Uh, I do believe that there are some opportunities for. Um, you know, kind of that crossover point between Macs and music, just because so many of the musicians use Mac. Um, you were always I, the I, kind I, of music guy at MacWorld, though. Sorry, you were always the 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 music guy at MacWorld, the one that always wrote about the audio. Yes. Did that come to you naturally, or is that something they came to you with, and that's where your appreciation for the music came from, or? Is that something you already had, and you were like, "Hey, I'm I'm perfect to review these speakers and this mix board, and you know." Yeah, that's that's something that that I already had, and I just you know had been working on for for years, and just kind of fell into it. You now, know, it's one of those things that uh, as GarageBand came out and and Logic when Apple bought that, and you know all the different things that that were going on, um, I just kind of fell into that. Is this merger of music and video and everything else and Apple technology, looking back, is it surprising to you how fast it moved, or do you think that it uh, was was kind of natural? I, well, for, for us, looking at it, it may seem like all of a sudden this happened, but it's actually been going on for a lot of years. Uh, you know, in different stages where technology was starting to come into the music business. And now it's really starting to happen fast because even studios have to make a decision at this point. Uh, are, are we going to go 
digital or are we going to go analog? And you see some live performances now where everything is digital. So it seems to be moving a lot quicker now than what it had before. And I, I think that's the technology catching up to that that whole music world. So what do you want to do with uh, your online stuff? Do you like... Are you making copies of all your articles? So you're you're because you've got a daughter. I know. Or do you make copies of all this so she can eventually read everything that you've written or have a copy of it? Because with an online world, once it's offline, it's gone forever. Um, and I ask this because a, a, a kind of a prominent uh, Mac figure died a couple months ago. Actually, back in uh, November now, and most people didn't find out of it, about it until just recently. And now there's a, a mad scramble to find copies of his stuff so we can at least preserve that is that something that you do writing for both the website and the magazine make copies and stuff you know what i don't uh maybe i i just didn't see this uh, uh this day coming but i always thought that once my once my stuff was in the system you know then i didn't need a copy on my hard drive so i i actually don't have uh copies of a, of most of the stuff that i've written i have copies of of some uh, but certainly not most of it. What's your favorite memory of writing for MacWorld? Oh, I think my my favorite uh, my favorite memory. You know, that would probably go back to to the Mac Central days uh, when Steve Jobs came back to Apple, and I wrote that story. You got you wrote the story about him coming back. Yeah. Did you think it was going to turn out the way it did? I was hopeful, but you know, at that point, Apple really was the uh, the beleaguered company. Yeah, you know, we had gone through so many uh, years of of poor leadership, and you know, seeing Steve come back was was a great thing. Yeah, so, as someone who who's been doing my Mac since '95, you know, I've seen the dark days and and the bright, sunny, shiny, happy days that we're in right now. Do you think it's only going to go up, or do you think that Apple's in for a crash like the rest of the tech market right now? I, I don't think that Apple's in for a crash. And I, I, I don't think that they're in for a crash for, for some good reasons. And that's that they're not the type of company to, like these netbooks. You know, everybody's jumping on the netbook bandwagon, and Apple is sitting back and saying, no, we just don't think that that's right. And that's the type of attitude that has led them over the past, you know, 10 years to actually innovating and and leading markets instead of following the trends that, you know, either the consumers are setting or that other companies are setting. You know, they'll go off in a direction all their own. And then all of a sudden, the market follows them. And the same thing is going to happen with these netbooks. Apple is going to come up with something uh, bigger and better or smaller and better. And that is going to be the trend. Now, do you think with the current economy that the um, their ability to innovate is going to slow down? You know, do you think their their product cycles might extend and they might not, um, you know, bring bring radical products to the market as quickly as they might otherwise have done? Absolutely, and I I, I can't blame them. I mean, you don't want to come out with uh, with a product that's not going to sell, and not because it's not good, but just because. Um, the economy is bad. Um, yeah. it's, it makes a lot of sense. And I, if I were them, I would be slowing down a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at what happened. One of my favorite computers was the Cube. I still have a Cube. Actually, I think I have two of them. I love that. 
But, yeah. you know, because of, of bad media, the, the cube was discontinued. Now, the last big person to leave a, a print magazine was Harry McCracken, and he went and started a techno-something techno website. Technoli- Jeez, where can I say Yes, thank you. I just, bleh, yeah. I just can't say it right now. Uh, is that something that interests you, kind of going your own route, uh, forging a trail for yourself? I mean, because obviously music and the Mac, and that's a huge market. I get PR from companies every single day about those products, and yet there's not really one website that exclusively covers that stuff. You know, it's it's very interesting, uh, the whole music and the Mac scene, that even some of these companies uh, don't know how that they they should be positioning their products and stuff so there there certainly is an opportunity there i really like what uh what harry is doing on uh, technologizer uh, i think he's doing a great job on on that site and i i read it all the time it takes um, a certain personality obviously to to pull something like that off do you think that's something that you could do yourself or do you like to be more of a uh, i'll write the stuff and i'll do that but i don't want to market it i don't want to sell it i just want to write well, I, I, I've been known to have a, a flamboyant personality, so <laughs> you know I could I can probably uh, uh, market it with the best of them, but I would probably need somebody to market me. Now I noticed that okay. someone created um, oh who was it is, is Dan Easton created a fan page for you on Facebook. What'd you think of that? <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yeah, I uh, I was surprised with that. I'm even more surprised that people joined. But, ah, I think uh, it's cool, man. It yeah. it is. I got to ask about some of the pictures of you. I mean, there's pictures of you with you know, Satriani, Ozzy, just some amazing photos. Uh, how did you meet all these people? Uh, you know, a, a lot of it was was uh, through friends. Um, you know, Ozzy. Uh, I went to see four or five Aussie shows last year and I had a, a backstage pass for, for all of the shows so when when they came to town um, I actually took my wife and kids in to meet Aussie and, and Zach and uh, Did they you know, appreciate was, as much as you did? They they did, actually the whole family likes Aussie <laughs> uh, so it's uh, it, was, it was a great thing, you know and Zach took some time to talk to the kids and and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I remember standing. But I, I've been I've been very fortunate over the uh, the past few years to be able to meet a lot of my my own rock heroes, and you know, in some instances, uh, play with them. Uh, you know, get out my guitar and rock it out a little uh, bit. Rock it out a little bit. You know, it was a lot of fun. I gotta say, I remember talking to you at this last MacWorld Expo outside the MacWorld Blast Party. And I mentioned that I remember seeing you before the keynote started up on the, the big screen like four or five times. And I kept thinking, man, there's Jim up on the screen again. It was like the cameras are glued on you. Um, and it got me wondering, is is that one of the reasons that you grew out the long goatee just to stand out in a crowd? <laughs> you know, I, I, I grew this uh, a couple of years ago. Um because i just i wanted to to be myself be i don't know if that's being different or um, no i get it i mean like andy's got his hat yeah uh, i've got my slowly expanding belly um <laughs> it's not as bad as some people yet and i i still have time to reverse it but but i mean it's it's a very distinctive look and it really works for you 
And uh, it's just not going to be the same Macworld Expo without seeing that goatee bobbing its way down the aisles occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the first year that I showed up at Expo with it, uh, I think I was the only person that could walk down the center aisle of of Expo and everybody just cleared out of my way. (laughs) Yeah, you You looked mean, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it it was great. Uh, but you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't think that uh, I need to impress anybody by my looks, uh, and I couldn't do that with or without the beard. But you know, just because I'm not what people would expect to see, uh, doesn't mean that I don't know how to do my job and and do it well. Well, where can people follow you online now that you're leaving MacWorld? Well, I um, I have my my own personal blog that. I post to once in a while uh, at jimdalrymple.com, and um, they can go there and contact me through the through the site. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Yes, that's right. They can get me on Twitter. Throw it out there. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, J Dalrymple. So that's J Day Day J D A L R Y M P L E. Yeah, M is in Mary P L E. Cool. So we'll put that in the show note. We'll put that in the show notes so anybody can follow that quickly. Boy, I'm having a hard time here today. It's because two days ago, my my youngest son, who's just a year old, was up all night with the ear infection, and Daddy oh, got to stay up with him all night. So it's I'm still a little, little punchy from that, I guess. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I've been through that. Yes, I ugh, boy, I can't wait to this one to get done with because this is it. So, what well, we want to wrap up this segment of the podcast, Jim, we want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, talking about your history a little bit. Well, I'd like to get you back on and go way back in time and talk about Max in the past, because that's always fun to do. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to wish you the very best, and I know you're going to land on your feet, no problem. And we look forward to finding out what you're going to do next. Let us know. Thanks very much. I, I really appreciate it. back with uh david cohen david we're waiting for uh, a couple people to join us on our skype call because they had iChat running as well and as we both know that really screws things up so certainly does (laughs) uh i I just uh sent the wrong message to someone hold on sorry about that was not for you uh there's a couple different (laughs) marks on I chat and I just sent reboot your machine to the wrong one. <laughs> so and he's just said this guy, what the hell? <laughs> What's this? Well, 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 I don't want to reboot my machine. Who, who the hell are you? <laughs> We're trying to bring uh, Mark hey, Rudd hey, into hey. the show. Hey, Mark. Uh, actually, Jeez, I, get this stupid crap working. <laughs> and then we don't even use it. I just sent a, a, a private message on Skype to another Mark, uh, Alter Cruz, who actually was on their show months ago. Uh, oh, okay. And I told him to reboot his machine because I thought that I was sending it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And What's I, happening, guys? Well, we just got done with our interview with um, uh, with Jim. How'd that and go? It went real well. It's a good interview. And, you know, it, it kind of sucks that Macro Magazine is going through this phase where I don't know if they laid off anybody else. Um, I probably should have asked him then. I was going to. But I got onto his uh, goatee. So, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I hope he's the only one, but it, but it sucks that he has to, 
companies are doing this all over the place. So, I, you know, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that a magazine is going through the slimming down process as well. But, I mean, he's a really good writer. Uh, the content that he produces for Macworld is first rate. Um, they're going to be a poorer publication because of that. Definitely. Well, I mean, you know, he's really he's really quite prolific. And, um, you know, I, I looking at their site, you wonder how how they can, can come to a decision that they can afford to lose a writer like that, really. And why would you uh, go for a writer of that caliber rather than somewhere else in the organization? Unless, yeah, he's been there a long time. But unless they're looking to, to change what it does and, and change its focus and... You know, maybe Jim, maybe Jim doesn't fit in, in into what what they're planning. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame, and and you know, I'll be interested to see how they, as an organisation, respond. But uh, you know, it seems to me that I, I mean, recently I cancelled my subscription to Mac Format just just because I, I wasn't really reading it anymore. I get most of my Mac news now from the web, and and you know, if I want to read a review, I want to read it at the you know, when the product is hot, when it's just been released, uh, you know, when people are talking about it and using it, I don't want to read about it six weeks later when it when it appears in print. Um, so, you know, I think I think that's the, the struggle that, that magazines like like MacWorld and, and Mac Format and probably the whole industry is going to deal with, and and I think they do have to respond. What do you think, Mark? Well, um, I I really think that there's a great opportunity for Jim because. Um, you take a guy like Harry McCracken and we talked Techno about that actually. Yeah, you know the techno tech. What does he call his site? The Technologizer. I couldn't no. say it either. Don't feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> Technologizer. So yeah, he's doing a great job, and and uh, there, he's got some great uh, publicity. So I think um, Jim will land on his feet. He's a high quality guy with a great ability, and you know, let's face it, he's in the industry where he can really pop back quickly um, by just, you know, starting his own site and producing his own content. So um, that's yeah, but you got to remember, though, this is different than what we're doing here. I mean, right. I make my living through my Mac somewhat, but, you know, Jim and Harry have to support. Well, I don't know about Harry, but I know Jim's got a family to support. Right. How yeah. do you start a new venture online and be the writer and be the publisher and be the ad sales guy. How do you juggle all those things at once and still produce good content? Harry's doing a great job, no question. But that's not everybody. Um, I don't think yeah. that I could start my Mac as that sort of site by myself right now, In number one, in this business climate, and in number two, in wearing all those different hats. Let's try to bring Guy Searle onto the show because he just showed back up in Skype, so we'll we'll see if we can get him. And it's connecting. I love Skype. And it's redirected to voicemail. So Guy is just not having a good night. So go ahead. Run with that for a second, David. H how does somebody do that? Well, I, you know, I think you, you, you're absolutely right, Tim. You need a very broad range of skills to uh, to be able to do that. I mean, it's something that Harry has, has pulled off. And, and, you know, the difficulty, you know, Harry was Harry did this a while back. And, and um, you know, before we, we kind of hit this real real downturn in the economy. It was right right as it was starting, though. Yeah, but, it, but you know, he, can't, he probably got in just early enough to avoid the worst of it. The difficulty, I think, that anybody doing online stuff now is going to find is that, um, you know, advertisers, I mean, it, it all comes down to advertising at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. The content is what brings people into the site, but actually the advertisers are what pay the bills. And advertisers, are, you know, are going to be very choosy about 
about where they put their money and they're going to want to put it to somewhere that's got, you know, the right number of eyeballs and the right track record and, and um, you know, the right provenance. And uh, I would imagine that would make it very difficult if you're starting up and you're trying to build that up uh, well, to actually I- bring... Bring bring enough advertisement in to actually cover the bills, and you know if you certainly if you want to if you want to cover even just the Mac community properly, you need more than you know you need more than one person, and obviously those you know those people normally want 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 to expect to be paid. Um, so uh, you know it's, it would be a real struggle. So you know I mean we talked to Jim; he's not really sure what what he's going to do, um, and uh, maybe maybe he'll decide that rather than set up his own site, he might want to do something different or go go and work with somebody else. Um, I mean, who knows, really? I guess it's probably early days for him to try and decide exactly where it is he wants to go. But uh, I'm sure he'll be successful, whatever he decides to do. Well, from my perspective, I, I think one of the things, like like with Harry coming from, I believe it was, he was for PC Mag, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had a great deal of contacts that go back into the print days, and, and I'm sure he was able to leverage those contacts uh, when he started to venture out on his own. I, I would imagine uh, with the length of time that Jim has been uh, working in the industry, he'll have a number of contacts that uh, he'll be able to uh, kind of pull those resources and, and uh, see what options might be there. Plus, there's uh, you know, of course, he's in Canada, right? Yes, Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah. So he's in Canada. That that might make it a little bit differently. Had uh, if he was living in the Bay Area, let's say, where it's kind of the hub of some of those things, it, it might be a little bit easier. But it's going to be difficult. It's it's kind of a rough time right now. But you know, I think that there's on the one side, it's a it's a rough economy. But if we look at Apple and some of the other uh, technology companies, there not everybody is having as rough a time as some of the other industries. So you know, I think talent. Always, uh, like cream, rises to the top. Yeah, but yeah. you gotta you gotta have an audience. Um, you have to have income. It's talent yeah. is one thing, but you also have the right. You have to have the right hook. You have to have yeah. the the way of doing it that's somewhat unique. If I was in the Bay Area right now, and uh, and my wife was paying most of the bills, and I could completely concentrate on my Mac, and you know, I didn't have little kids that you know I had to watch every day. Um, <laughs> What I would do, honestly, is I would do a lot of live video stuff from somebody's corporate headquarters. Um, I'm actually talking to two other companies that are here in Michigan. Neither one of them are real close. So it would be a heck of a drive for me. But to actually pick up my gear, go there, and do a podcast from their headquarters. Oh, and, yeah. I, and I did that once before last summer and uh, with uh, TechSmith. And it was yeah. a lot of fun, and I, I think the show came out really well. But being in the Bay Area, could you imagine some of the, the companies that you can go visit? How the, exactly. the excitement of a show like that, of pictures on your website of you know Google or Yahoo or if Apple lets you come in, Apple. I mean, that would be a really cool thing. It would take a lot of time and effort to set this stuff up, not to mention going there and recording it. But I think that's the kind of thing that somebody could really get big in, but... I don't see anybody doing that right now. I really no. think, like you said, um, you really do have to find a niche. You know, everybody's got a blog. Everybody is, you know, working those types of tools. So you have to find a way to leverage the uh, the tools that are out there. And there's a lot of tools out there to, co- to combine things in such a way that you separate yourself and get your voice heard. Because once you get your voice heard, if you if with the talent and with your ability and tenacity, I mean, I, I think you can you can find your way through the minefield but uh, he, it's, it's not going to be easy he's going to have to you know really uh, work at it 
Now, there's the news lately has been, you know, all these different newspapers here in the U.S. are closing down, especially in cities that have multiple newspapers. Right. Do you think that's going to happen more often with magazines as well? Well, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine that circulations are going to be down across the board, and and you know these sorts of times, you know, when 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 times are tough and and markets are shrinking, is is when you know the weak tend to get swallowed up by the stronger, you know, and and sometimes consolidation and two you know two different com- two companies competing against e- against each other coming together to you know form one stronger brand makes a lot of sense. In fact, so that I, happened I, with MacWorld and uh, Mac User. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Back in ninety seven, ninety eight. I mean, this is exactly what happened. Mac user basically yeah. uh, got swallowed up by Mac Publishing, which was publishing MacWorld. Well, I think look, one even of the in San Francisco, the Chronicle, the Chronicle is basically yeah. you know gone under, and and you know in San Francisco, you know that's really kind of the hotbed of where these things begin to start you know moving one direction or another, and so I think that's going to happen. Um, it is happening globally. And you know, you know, you're going to have to have an online component to really stay afloat. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how all this falls out. I, I, I can't see how print media, whether it's magazines or uh, the traditional newspaper, how they can survive in this uh, climate. I think one one of the things you've got to think about as well. I mean, MacWorld's a very good example. In some ways, it's competing with itself. Absolutely, because the website competes with the magazine. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, if 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 a user decides they want you know current information, they're going to go to the website, which they can get for free, and um, they're not going to buy the magazine. And uh, I think the print media hasn't really dealt with that they've used the web the websites are kind of as an adjunct to the to the to the printed stuff and i think they actually need to take a different approach i mean if you look going back to i i mentioned i cancelled my mac format subscription but mac format is actually um doing very well here in the uk and the reason for that is that it's a very good starter magazine for somebody who's not used a mac before it's you know a good heart probably 30 40 percent of the content is tutorials and how to's and frequently asked questions and that sort of thing which is not something that you know for me i often get a lot out of because you know it's it's pitch at a level sort of below where i am as a as a as a mac user but you know it's great it's great introductory stuff um and and that is that is a different niche that they have in the print stuff than they have on their website, which is very much more news and reviews. So I think those sorts of differentiation, the sorts of things that somebody, that, that an organization like MacWorld should be thinking about is actually saying, well, you know, let's, make, let's aim the magazine somewhere else so you can keep the market uh, for the printed media in a different space to the website so you're not competing with yourself and cannibalizing your, your, your own audience. And to wrap up this segment, let me say that I used to make the argument that magazines have a place because you can't really take your laptop into the bathroom, uh, and most people don't bring it into bed with them and read before they they fall asleep. But the iPod has changed, or the iPhone has changed that. Exactly. You can read point I was going to make everything that you want in the bathroom, which I'm guilty of. I I used to bring magazines to the bathroom, but I realized actually today. Uh, knowing that I was going to do the interview with Jim, that I don't have a subscription to one magazine anymore, not one. And uh, there was a time where I was getting four or five different magazines every single month. Yeah. I don't have any now. And, and uh, go ahead. Yeah, I can. I can very much identify with that. Have, you know, obviously, uh, 
you know, you know, we've, we've, we've got the new baby and I've been up at the hospital for the last kind of week or so. And, and it's been really, uh, this is the first time that I've really been able to keep in touch with the internet and my news groups and, and Twitter and, and all of that sort of stuff, you know, in a completely disconnected setting where I don't have a computer with me. Exactly. Um, because I've been sat in a hospital room, you know, and, and it's, it's great for me because when the baby's asleep, that means I can go online and I can keep up with all my stuff. And, and yet, you know, I'm doing it in a space where I don't have a, a keyboard and a screen in front of me and I need power and all that sort of thing. And, and the, the iPhone being able to do that for me is fantastic. Uh, and Thank a you. prime example of that, David, and speaking of, by the way, congratulations on the birth of your daughter. Yes. Thank you very much. Yay. Applause. Um, a prime example of that is the day she was born, we were uh, sending SMSs back and forth. That's right. Yeah. And you took pictures with your iPhone to send me. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. You didn't even leave the hospital room, and this little device is actually sending stuff from the UK to me here in Michigan to I, I'm seeing pictures of your child in not quite real time, but, you know, five minutes after the picture was taken. It was, um, I mean, it actually was. It was literally, she'd been born by maybe an hour before, and I was able to notify everybody I wanted to notify and send pictures. Um, and the fact that you were able to do that so soon, you know, I think it really brings people in touch with those sort of experiences. And that's, you know, that's, that's when the technology, you really think, well, that, this is a, I know there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on with the technology, you know, and let's face it, the last week there's, Baby Shaker app was a pretty horrible yeah. example of what what sometimes people can do with the technology. But the fact that I was able to do that to family and friends, I thought was um, was something you know that's that's real life enrichment stuff in my view. Yes, yeah. I agree. Well, let's wrap this segment up. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about iTunes a little bit. We'll be right back. And we're back for the last and final segment for show number 238. Guy Searle is joining the conversation. Hello, Guy. Hey, finally. Finally, having some <laughs> Skype problems. Huh? How, what was yeah. the resolution to Skype? What was the problem? Um, I, I was, I've been running for, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks, version 2.8, which is a beta for OSX. Isn't and everything this, yeah. in Skype beta? <laughs> yeah, it's even, it's even marked as beta. So... Um, once, you know, it seemed like every single time you tried to call me that the whole application would come crashing to a halt on my end. So I figured, okay, I'll just go ahead and download the latest version, 2.7 point blah, 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 uh, install that. And as soon as I did that, everything started working again. Well, cool. Uh, we're still with Mark Rudd and David Cohen as well. And I want to talk about how you set your playlists up in what itunes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was gonna say skype i don't think that would quite work <laughs> now playlist and skype interesting everybody that listens to this podcast um and i'm going to make a big assumption here and i'm going to say that they all use that application everybody uses itunes right yeah so well yeah well if you're on a mac you are I mean, I can't think of another jukebox MP3 type player on oh, the Mac anymore. No, there could be some people that just show off the website, but I would imagine that uh, a very high percentage of our audience are iTunes users. I, I would think so. What do you think, Mark? Most of them? I agree. Most of them are going to be. 
Well, let me I start think. off. And um, there's so many different ways that you can organize and, and, and put your music in order the way you want. And the only reason to really do that is for your iPhone or your iPod. If you're sitting in front of your computer, you don't even really need playlists. You could just type, le- type in really quickly what you're looking for. There it is. You could sort it by length of songs. You could sort it by artist, by album. It's really easy to do, and it's quick to do it if you're in front of iTunes on the computer. But, of course, the whole point of this segment is how do you set up your playlist to sync to your iPhone or your iPod? Um, I'll give you a prime example of something that I just recently did. Now, number one, because I've only got an 8-gig iPhone... I can't put my entire music library on there. So I want to listen to, number one, five rated songs and more. So I've created a playlist that's only five or a higher. Well, there's nothing higher than five, but a five. So this is the, the best music that I have, according to me, in iTunes. And I made a playlist, and that's always on my iPhone. But, you know, it, those 500 songs get kind of worn out after a while you know what i mean guy a little bit old oh yeah Yeah. sure you know it doesn't matter you could have a heidi clum of playlists and eventually you'll get tired of them so what i'll do occasionally is because that's that's the most of the stuff that i'm listening to i'll create a smart playlist and i'll say that i only want music at three stars that i have not played recently and i'll limit it to like you know 50 songs and i'll sync that with my iphone so now I've got 50 songs that I haven't listened to in a while and that I've rated at three. I think that's a really good way of listening to the music that you don't listen to very often. And you're like, oh, I forgot I even had that song. And, oh, wow, this is cool. If it's rated three, then you're probably going to like it. In fact, now, at, you- at this point, I don't. I try to rank all my music, and if it's a two or a one, I end up deleting it out of my iTunes library. So... The only stuff that's on my iTunes is unranked or three and above. Okay. Go ahead, Guy. You have a question? Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have uh, those playlists set to shuffle on your iPod? Or do they play in a row? It depends. Uh, Usually they play in a row. Okay. Go ahead, David. I was going to say that I, you know, that's that's fine if you've got your music rated, but I think you'll probably find that there's quite a lot of people who've, you know, might have the odds. I mean, I'm I'm a good example. I have some songs rated on my uh, on my iTunes library, but not many of them. Oh, I've only got probably twenty five percent of my music rated, but I've yeah. got you know seven thousand songs. So even at twenty five percent, that's a pretty big number. It's a good but, number. But the, yeah, the problem with those smart playlists is that there's a good portion of music that will never come up in those because they're not rated. Well, another way so, of doing it then is songs that's never been played. Now, yeah. that's a little misleading because if you stop a song, you know, five seconds before the end, or you hit the next button to go to the next song, and you play the entire song except for the last five seconds of silence at the end of it, iTunes doesn't record that that song was played all the way through. Right. So, you know, I've got this from Bakari. He had a blog post a couple months back about playlists in iTunes, and he does one that's never been played, limits it to 25, and that's what he syncs. And that's another great way of doing it. And when you resync that to your iTunes, iTunes sees that you listen to that music on your iPod or your iPhone, and it syncs that metadata as well. So if you create another list just like it, it will not have those same 25 songs on, providing you've listened to them on your iPod. Well, once you've, I, I, once you've listened to them through that through that smart playlist, it, it wouldn't sync again. Exactly. If, yeah, 
I, th- I think the key thing, though, if you're going to take that approach, um, I was having a, an email discussion with John Nemo about this because he was asking some questions about the uh, iPhone interface. The key thing, if you're going to do that, is if, if you are playing unrated songs, is as you listen to them on the iPod, you really need to be rating them. Yep. Because that's that's your opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, to actually be you know and you, and it's mostly iPods. It's fairly easy as you're listening to a song to uh, assign it a rating, and then that will be sunk, synced back to your library afterwards. And uh, that's that's a good thing to do. Well, here's another but, way to rate your music, David, and this this will actually help people create a smart playlist that's updated dynamically, of course, of all unranked music. And as you listen to that playlist, put it on shuffle just on that playlist. Rank them. As soon as you give it a ranking, it pops out of that playlist. It's gone. Right. Because it has a rating at that point. Yeah. And this lets you know how many songs you still need to rate. Well, now, now what I do, um, because I'm not anywhere near as organized as you guys with ratings and all that sort of thing, um, I'm kind of an old school sort of guy. So I like to listen to my music, you know, in albums, just the way I would have done it was on CD or on tape or on a record. So, um, I don't have that. I don't carry that much music around with me on my on my iPhone. Most of what's on there is podcasts. But um, for the albums, what I do is I tend to I tend to put them onto the um, onto the iPhone as as albums, and I have just have one playlist on my computer that's that's marked iPhone music. And then anything I want to listen to, anything I've I've bought recently that I want to uh, kind of get familiar with, I just drop in there and then it's always on my iPhone and I tend to see, you know, play an album at a time. Okay, what you need to do, David, then is set it up like a cassette tape and here, here you, you can steal this sound right out of the podcast later and what you do is you figure <laughs> out what would have been the last song on a cassette tape and then you put yeah. this in. <laughs> Turn in the tape over. Oh, that's right. oh. There. Just make that sound and then, a, and then the play uh, an MP3. And then you yeah. know. There you go. <laughs> the, the, the other thing that I do with, with the other that, thing that I must, do with my iPhone, that must I'm be not, your, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yes, it was my 80s boombox guy. <laughs> yeah. And for those wondering what we're talking about, listen to uh, Geekiest Show Ever, number sure, five. Absolutely. Um, but what I, what I else, most of what I listen to actually is not music, but is, uh, is podcasts. And I actually uh, do have a, a manually organized podcast playlist that I use all the time um, because I I don't want I don't you know a lot of people have their podcast just play in reverse order or something like that so they play the oldest first and that sort of thing but I I actually want to choose the order I want to listen to stuff so that I can you know that if the latest my Mac podcast uh, is out I want to listen to that before I, I listen to something else what a sucker so I have a completely manually organized <laughs> playing podcast um, and um, I basically just as my podcast download I drag them onto that onto that playlist and organize them in a perfectly manual order that that allows me to listen to them in the order I want and effectively once they've been played then my iTunes is set to delete them so uh, the next time I refresh my podcast then they go well for uh, me I, I have a lot of stand-up comedy routines uh, on my in my iTunes library and I don't listen to them all the way so a lot of times when I set up these smart playlists I'll also put a rule to exclude any stand-up so but but that's dependent on me going in and putting that metadata in iTunes all right and I do try to do that. Um, my my technique, if you want to call it that, I, of course I have the the standard top rated playlist. Bounce, that, you know, you base bounce, on all your rating. I try to use that a little bit, but um, that, that's generally pretty good. But I'll then create uh, a couple of different genre playlists. 
depending on my mood because I my mood and music goes, you know, pretty is pretty far ranging. So I'll create two or three little playlists that I'll drop some things into, and then I I, I don't carry all my music with me, so I'll have my top rated that I rate most of the time. If I buy anything new, let's say out of the iTunes store, you know, I went there specifically for that, so I'll rate it because I want it to go to that top rated list. And then I can drop into my my three or four different little genre playlists, and that gives me enough to take with me on a on a. And once I've organized it that way, then it it, it tends to give me everything that I need for a particular day or a couple of days of music without having to resync that. You know, I'm looking on my uh, iPhone right now, and I just realized something. Does this have it? Uh, no, you can't do a search in, on the iPhone for music, can you? Yeah, you should be able to. Well, how do you do it? it well, isn't there a uh, if I go to the Is more it, button, I have albums, audio, compilations, composers, genres, and podcasts. How do I look for something? I just have to sit there and scroll forever, right? God, I was, I, was I, think, I think you just, if you go into music, you'll list your music in track order. Well, right, but, you know, if I can't remember exactly the name of the song, I, I know it has, you know, summer in there somewhere. But I, does it the beginning of the song, the end no, of the song? Right, Tim. I don't, I don't you know, know the artist. I just best, remember. Yeah, the... The uh, the spotlight search function is coming in iPhone three point yeah, But that is, is, yeah. is, is that does that search your music too within the iPod? I, th- I think it'll probably because that's what I want. I want to be able search, to search. Yeah, it will search everything on the iPhone, including your music. Yeah, I hope so. You're talking because... about you're talking about the spotlight search in three O, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if that's going to search your music though. I don't know if it interfaces within the iPod. I hope it does because that's the biggest feature that I miss. When I'm using my iPhone now, of course I don't have it on the iPod proper either, um, but there's no keyboard on that, so I don't really expect it yeah, to. There actually is a search function on the i on the full iPod though. Um, is there? Can yeah, th- yeah, there is. It was uh, it's definitely on there. Okay, I got the use, regular iPod. Use, yeah, use the scroll wheel to to go to the search function, and you can actually. Um, is that on the main screen? Uh, yeah, should be it should be down near the bottom. Uh, mine has now playing, shuffle songs, settings, extras, video, photos, music. Go into music and then oh, save okay. the search. Music, playlist, artists, album, song, podcast, genres, composer, audiobooks. I Which, do not uh, see a, a, a search. Uh, the search is def- it was definitely on the nanos. I've definitely seen it on the nano three G and the four G. Oh, in settings. Let's see. Maybe maybe that's dependent on it being a later generation uh, full sized iPod. Well, this is a fourth, yeah. uh, fifth generation. Um, right, but there was gig. there was there were some definite changes. There was, there was a, the yeah, it might it might have been the five point five G that that they they put that in. Okay, maybe you know, that's the problem. Was. Remember, there was a mid year mid term one that they yeah. brought out. Speaking and that of was one of the features. Speaking of iPod, did you get your dock yet, Mark? Yes, the JBL. Yes, I got mine today too. Did you get it today? Yeah, yeah it came right. today. I haven't, I haven't taken it out yet, but it looks pretty promising. What is it? It's the uh, we're going to do a podcast review of this in uh, probably two to two to three weeks. This I think is it's the, the JBL Onstage P four hundred. Four hundred P. Yep. Four hundred P. I broke it out, um, and you know I've got a lot of these things laying around. To be honest, I've got yeah. what is this one? I've got the DLO jukebox thing here, and. I, I've got a lot of these speaker systems, so I wasn't really excited about it. But I thought this might be something that uh, two of us on the podcast can do a review of, exactly. and uh, that's why I had one sent your way as well. Thank and uh, I couldn't wait to break it out. I, I kind of wanted to get a feel for it, and 
you know, if we're going to do this review, Mark, we both have to play with it for uh, a number of days to get a really good feel for it. And, you know, I have to say, this thing sounds really good so far. So you have plugged it in. Granted, yeah, I plugged it in. I got it all hooked up. And I used both my uh, fifth generation and my iPhone on it. And it works really well. The audio quality so far uh, is really good. Now, I haven't played any of my test music. I have a playlist, (laughs) speaking of playlists, Mm -hmm. that I use for every speaker system that I review. Um, And headphones. And if it's musical, headphones... And speakers, this is the playlist that I use, and I know what these songs are supposed to sound like. Yeah, and, well, and JBL is a good name too. It, very good name. And so, so which far, one is that, Tim? This is the OnStage 400P. Okay. And so far, I don't even know price on this to be honest right now. But so far, I'm really digging it. Yeah, uh, I'll be taking it out of the box. I opened it to make sure that it was it, and it wasn't broken on yes. shipment thing. But I haven't put it through its paces yet. I'll be doing that over the next couple of days. I'll probably take it out today and get it fired up. One of the things I can tell already is it looks a lot hardier than some of the earlier on stages that they've had, where that where the speakers were kind of small and the the unit was kind of low profile. This one looks like they've they've built some some bigger uh, speakers into it. Well, I could tell you that you know from initial impressions, it sounds better than almost all the other portable docking type of iPod speaker systems. Uh, it bigger. has some weight to it, and uh, I, I can't wait to, to play with this thing some more. And I can't wait to talk to you about it in more detail when we've both got a couple weeks under our belt playing this thing. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So I think we're going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, we have a lot to do, and we're going to be back next week. And next week's show, uh, we're going to be talking about – it's going to be one subject, and the subject is being a parent and a Mac user. What are some of the things that you use your Mac for with your kids? And I think because we're all parents here, so um, with a wide range of age groups. So I think it's going to be a a good topic, something fun to talk about. And a lot of the people that listen to the show also have kids. So maybe we'll give them some ideas and uh, it should be fun. So we want to thank Otherworld Computing for sponsoring the show this week. Check them out at MacSales.com. They are our longtime sponsor of the show, and we really, really appreciate them. Uh, anything else from you guys before I wrap up here? Don't forget to go rate the show on iTunes. Hey, good job. Uh, Twitter, I am MyMac. What are you, David? David B. Cohen. Guy Searle. Mac Parrot. And Mark. MyMac Mark 08. Okay, cool. So follow us on Twitter. And like Mark said, go rate the show on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast. 